Welcome back. You are listening to Three Makes Baby with me, your host, Jana Rupnow, the author of Three Makes Baby and a fertility counselor specializing in alternate family building. If you've been listening for a while, then you know I interview parents that are struggling with infertility and donor-conceived adults talking about their experience being donor-conceived. My goodness, I've been gone for a while, but I am back from the high mountains, my summer retreat, where I worked just a little and recharged a whole lot and spent a lot of times with bears. I had one in the backyard walk right up to me. Well, not that close. He was probably about 50 yards. No, closer. Anyway, I was on the phone with a client and looked up and there was a black bear. So I had to quickly hang up and run inside. But it's good to be back, and I have some exciting news, so be sure to listen all the way to the end so you don't miss out on a really incredible opportunity. But I'm excited to be back with new connections and new guests. Let's do it. Welcome back, everybody. Today, I have two very, very special guests on the show, and we Gosh, I think we touched base. It's been a month now um, with Romy. I have Romy and Brittany here. And we were, I'd come back from, from a break and was getting back into posting and engaging with people on Instagram. And I got, I just feel so fortunate to have connected with you. You reached out to me, Romy, and said, you know, hey, I like this message. I think it was a post about something I'd shared and you liked the message and really was sharing, you were sharing with me how important you think um, that the donor conceived person's perspective is. And I have to tell you, it was really refreshing because I get so many people and up to that point, I had gotten so many people saying, I'm unfollowing you, you're too ZCP, you're too donor conceived person focused. Um, and you know, we think that you are, um, only showing the negative or only talking about the negative. And, and that's really discouraging to me because that is not my intention at all (laughs) is to only show (laughs) negative. Um, that, I mean, it couldn't Mm -hmm. be farther from the truth. So I was so excited when you reached out and you really just gave me some support, honestly, by saying what you said, you, it was, it really encouraged me. So a, a little bit of background um, and then I'll let you talk. <laughs> so um, Romy and Brittany uh, are um, two mommies and you have two beautiful children and I want to let you tell their ages. And um, I want to tell, you know, just let you tell your story now about um, your family. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll introduce myself since I'll be brief because um, Romy is really the one with the story. Um, But my name is Brittany and I am Romy's wife. We have uh, two little babies or I guess baby and toddler, I should say. Um, Logan is about like six and a half months and our little two-year-old Ava, um, well, I should say she's closer to two and a half um, now. So, Mm -hmm. and let's see, we've been married about Uh, almost six years. Going on six years. Yeah. Um, And it just, expanding our family and I'm going to let Romy jump in and introduce herself and kind of go about how you two you know came about meeting yeah absolutely well we're really happy first of all to be here um well let's see how did we come to meet um so 
I think I guess to start I, I guess to start we are a like you said a two mom family we mm-hmm. are a little bit out there on Instagram <laughs> yes so, <you> are. <laughs> yeah this is just a little bit um out there on, on Instagram um and you know we think you know just like you and you know others out there maybe not others out there that we were trying to do as much excuse me, as much research on our family, you know, being donor conceived, um, both mm-hmm. of our children about, you know, as much as we can, not really knowing too, too much ourselves other than what we were kind of told pre, um, I guess, preconception. Yeah, I guess we were just trying to do a little bit more of research. I remember a while back, I did, I did a post talking about our kids having donor siblings and that led me to joining a group on Facebook, which opened a whole new world to us. It was yeah. it yes. was completely eye-opening. I thought I thought I was joining a group to find more donor siblings, and it ended up being a group of donor-conceived adults educating people, um, recipient parents on, I guess, you know, different ways di- different to ways educate of- your children on you know, how they became who they are, you know, today and who help them. About. Yeah. Help them along their journey to identifying themselves and, you know, who which they eventually be. led me to you. I started, I, I started looking for people, um, families that thought like us, um, to gain more information, to gain more insight. information, just, just to have support, you know, having insight yeah. from, you know, now that these donor conceived children are becoming adults, uh, you know, mm-hmm trying to find out like from you guys what can we know what can we do that maybe we haven't done right in the past that we can do better going forward so yeah yeah what can we do to help our kids I love that openness and I love that you yeah you reached out and said hey um we we want to not dismiss these feelings but we want to be open to them and we want to learn and I love that because I want to be encouraging to parents that this, there are solutions that if you listen and you feel like, oh no, these are scary things or they're problems or they're, that's the, that's not the intention. The intention is to show you the solutions, but you know, we can't, we can't even look at a solution until we actually know there might be something that we need a solution for. So that's what I think that first step is just, yeah, it's just coming to looking at some things and saying, okay, don't get scared get skilled, right? Don't get scared, get skilled yes. because we, I promise you that we, there are resources out there and that there are ways that you can talk and learn and share and be the like healthiest, most beautiful family just as you are. And so, but without having those skills in this education, there are definitely some, some areas that we, that as parents, we can, we can trip up on, you know, um, Absolutely. when we're raising. Yeah. So it's just a, it's just a different, um, it's a different story and it's a story that's unique and special. And because of that, we can't use the same old narratives that uh, don't apply. And so it's exactly. like, how do we create new narratives and, and what does that look like? And I think just you having such exposure and just, you know, being have such a, a grand presence on Instagram, you have this amazing ability and platform to be an example and to show others the way. And, you know, just, I think of the hundreds of thousands of lives that can be affected by that, you know, in the long run. So it's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much. That's so sweet of you to say. And, you know, we, we want to thank you in return, um, you know, personally, myself, just, you know, 
like you said, everyone's journey is unique and different and you can't use, you know, it's not one size fits all anymore. Right. And I think that's Mm -hmm. why embracing ourselves and, you know, what makes us, uh, you know, us and unique is so important these days. And, you know, that's for any family, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think, like you said, it's a journey and it's a learning process. And one that I'm grateful for, because, you know, being completely open and honest, it was very scary for me as the non-genetic parent. Um, I felt very vulnerable, Mm -hmm. um, you know. And and even for me as a genetic parent, it was also scary. You know, you when we signed up to be parents, when we first purchased this firm, we never really thought we would be in this spot, you know, a couple of years later, um, finding a biological family, you know? Yeah. So we, what, yeah. To us, it was, to us, it was, oh, you know, you, you have two moms and our families and that, that, that's that. The donor is the donor. That's, that's all the donor is, you know? Right. And yes. we've learned that it's so, so, so much more than that. Um, you know, because of the journey, you know, we both have been able to take together as well as individually yeah. learning, you know, our different paths and ways. Um, you know, it's, kind of broken down a lot of those barriers for me and us personally, yeah. um, you know, and it, it's exciting, right? So, you know, the unknown is scary, but it's exciting to see what's out there. And at the end of the day, our number one priority is our children and what's best for them. And this is what yeah. we feel personally is best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Brittany, you bring up such a good point. You said you were feeling vulnerable and can you share a little bit more? Cause I know so many people feel the same way. I've heard this, you know, many, many, many times over the past decade. So tell me a little more about kind of what felt vulnerable and what fears were coming up for you? Absolutely. Um, I would have to say, you know, being the non-genetic parent, our initial intention when we picked out our sperm donor was, you know, of course, we want to make sure their their health is good, but we also want to have physical attributes that match mine as well as my wife. So, you know, I feel connected to them when we're together. They Maybe they'll look like me a little bit. Who knows, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But because I was, you know, I chose not to carry them. I felt not that something was missing, but I wanted to be able to give something to them. And it kind of made me feel like, oh, wow, there is this other, you know, half of their genetics, we should say that we, you know, there is no denying it. It exists. It's there. It's from someone. And that someone, biologically speaking, is not me. So by identifying who that person or, you know, family could be, I felt like, you know, is it replacing me as silly as that sounds at the time? um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, they'll be like, Oh, maybe that's why I have freckles, you know, things that I can't explain, but you know, through not only uh, your book, but your book definitely being one of the top ones, but my own just, you know, research and experiences, I've Mm -hmm. been able to learn that. And and even my wife's experience with her, um, the way she was raised by her father, who wasn't her genetic father, Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, genetics is a huge component in life, but it's not everything when it comes to a family. Yes. Um, and mm-hmm. I know, you know, you talked to us about that personally through your own yes. story. Um, yes. So, you know, everything through epigenetics and I'm embracing it. And I think it's, it's, it's in the long run what we signed up for. And it's, it's, it's a good thing. We're welcoming more love, if anything, into our life. More love. I love that. That's so true. And yeah, epigenetics is something that I really, when parents were afraid to kind of have that feeling of um, being vulnerable or being, you know, maybe scared that this donor person, the donor other, the biological other would be take on a role that was larger than you really wanted. I think that's a fear is that this person's going to be exactly or be more exactly. Yeah. Something that I can't offer and, you know, yeah. And that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so we talk about 
you know, the raising of a child. And like you said, Romy has this experience too. We were raised by people that weren't genetically, we weren't related to. And yeah. that's so is still a parent figure. Like you can't replace that feeling. It's such a deep rooted feeling. Yeah, you, you really can. You can't. It's in the depths of yours. Yeah, I yeah. know I have a biological father, but to me, my dad was the one that raised me. The one that was there every single day with me throughout my life experience, you know, growing up. That's my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a sense of familiarity there that yeah. just is irreplaceable and of family and shared memories. Absolutely, but that also mm-hmm. doesn't delete the fact that I have a biological side. Yes. Yeah, and that yeah. biological part is... The part of someone that is, you know, their genetics is something that helps them with their identity. And so I think when we, you know, talking to parents about epigenetics and you look at how there's a, there's some confusion around it, but essentially the, the message is by raising your child and being there every day and having this influence on them, they become, they get formed in a certain way that is unique to that experience and that is your role. That's the sort of stamp, I guess you could put on them. Like you like to say, I don't know for lack of a better word. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's exactly. really a beautiful thing. And yeah. however, we don't want it to replace the genetic piece that we can also see in our child and honor that and love that and bring that forth, embrace, you know, it. embrace it and say, you know, highlight it and, and enjoy that part too. So it's like this reconciliation you have inside yourself as a parent exactly. and yeah, and you gain more confidence over time too. If you allow your, if you allow that to come through, like you guys have, you know, which is so great. Exactly. If you're what's, I, what's the word, but it's not confident, but if you, you know, have that security in your, you know, any relationship in your life, but with your children, especially, you know, I know that the love I have for my children, the love they have for me, nothing is going to jeopardize that. So, you know, I think yeah. because of that, it, it, if anything makes our bond stronger by yeah. going through that by being together. so by being so open by supporting them through their journey I think they're only going to be closer to us mm-hmm. oh absolutely because you know what they need you they need you so much to be able to be their guide and to their model yeah. and to say how do we do this you know this happened at school today what what would you do? And, and you, and that exactly. just such an amazing thing um, that bonds you. So, yeah. And I think people, I think they just get afraid that like, we can't talk about the hard stuff without like having a break, but that's not true. Like, like right. you said, it's a stronger bond. If, if you've done the inner work, it's the opposite. You have a stronger bond, not a break. Yeah, exactly. By doing that, I feel like, you know, we want our children at any age, whether not that they can really talk or our little boy right now, but at any age to be able to feel comfortable enough to come and talk to us about anything, mm-hmm. you know, whether, whether it's, you know, sensitive information or something they're afraid to bring up to us, like, you know, finding genetic background or whatever it might be for them at that time. Um, and we think by being open and having, you know, truly embracing everything and being, you know, an open book and honest with them about it, that they should feel a hundred percent comfortable talking to us, you know, about Mm -hmm. anything that's on their mind. And as opposed to feeling, you know, maybe we shouldn't bring this up to them. Yes. So we want them to always know that it's a safe place, no matter what, and genuinely mean it and and for them to see that. Yeah. That's amazing. How do you, what do you say to, you know, there are lots of recipient parents that say, you know, the donor, it doesn't matter. It's just a donor, you know, that person's irrelevant. This is your family sort of accept it, you know, like, 
accept it the way it is mm -hmm. and don't ask questions. <laughs> what would you say to that? I think I think there's a huge lack of information out there mm -hmm. from I think from the beginning of the journey from starting your research from buying the sperm from the bank to going to your clinic to your first appointment mm -hmm. you don't ever hear any of the donor conceived side or nothing, nothing mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. unless in my case unless you are like me pretty out there in social media and yeah. like me came across someone a donor conceived person then I don't think I would have maybe any information really. maybe come across any information that made me change to change your yeah to change my perspective to what it is now you know okay. I, yeah. being honest used to be that person that's like you know the donor is just that a sperm donor like this is our family not knowing anything and this was you know a bit back and mm -hmm. I feel like it's amazing for me to think that wow where I've come from then to today and like so now is is you know, mind blowing to me. Like, and, and it's all because of educating yourself. And, you know, again, everyone has to make the decision that's right for them and their family. But, you know, that's through our personal research and education and thoughts, what we think is the right thing. Yeah. And, and also, and also the more, I feel like the more we talk about it, the more we make it public, the more we share our stories. We advocate for it. Uh-huh. And mm -hmm. maybe then more people will be willing to you know to maybe to maybe make 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 changes or start making changes, start researching. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think I'm 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 gonna kind of stumble around a little bit with my what I'm thinking and trying to say. I think there's a sense of and it's a natural thing at first where you wanna kind of you know, circle the wagons and this is your family and you're starting fresh and you want your story. And that is normal. And that's what people want. And so thinking of a third and other interfering with that process is not necessarily what you want. You don't want that other, and you know, you don't want them really on their, on their mind, but what, so what it, in that, in that state, you're kind of wanting the sense of control of, of your family, which totally makes sense. And so when you feel like, you know, starting to recognize that other or starting to see that your child might want to know more about that other, maybe you feel a lack of control or there's something, you know, about your family that's changing that you originally didn't want it, didn't want. But what I see, and I would just, I would just say another way to look at it is that by, by, by educating yourself, you really can get a sense of empowerment over that, over your family. And you can feel like, you can understand. So there's not a need to control. There's not a need to kind of circle the wagons or hold tight, but it's more like I can relax. I can let go. I can trust. I can trust. It's going to be okay. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So I wonder if you, you know, if there are ways, well, one thing I wanted to say and share is that it's, this is not an all or nothing uh, topic in any way, shape or form. <laughs> like you said, there are At so all. many different stories and there are so many different ways that you can begin to have that conversation. So I think another thing that people get afraid of is that, well, we, ha we really don't, we kind of want to ignore this other, the biological other and, and we don't, but so by acknowledging it, does that mean we have to go like all in? Like, do we have to go all the way and just like know the person, just be best friends, hang out at the beach every weekend, you know, no. And that's, that's, I think we have to get out of the all or none thinking and get into that more. There's a lot of middle ground and there's a lot of time too. There's 18 years to begin to walk the walk, 
you know, walk it's this It's a very way. fluid situation and yeah. every single parent story or, you know, parent or parent story is different. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. just because you're a donor conceived or, you know, adopt, it doesn't matter. It will be completely different from one another. So, yeah. and like you said, it's very fluid. And because of that, it leaves the door open for you to share your story or their, you know, their information or how you'd like to with them in different ways. Mm-hmm. So different I think ways, that, like baby said, steps. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not black and white, you know, it's not, not all in or nothing. It's, it, it, it maybe steps and you do what's right, you know, along and the way. You, and as you feel comfortable too, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah. because this is also a process for the parents. As much, as much as we want to go through these, you know, and it's, it's still very emotional. It is very emotional. It's such a good point. It is point. still very emotional. Yes. So yeah, baby steps baby steps as we feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day and I'm not saying that because your name is Romy. <laughs> I'm not, I promise. <laughs> it you works know, I, I like to say lean towards openness and that doesn't mean people think that means, oh, she's saying you should only have an open donor and that's what that means. No, lean towards openness means open up yourself, um, open, you know, to possibilities, open to new growth and, um, you know, open to emotions, open to fears, mm-hmm. facing fears, leaning towards openness is the way we take baby steps in the direction we want to go. So, you know, sometimes it's just daunting to think, oh gosh, I, this is too overwhelming for me to, to deal with this idea of, of this other person. And right. You know, that's okay. You don't have to, again, it's, it's not overnight. It's exactly. You don't have to deal with them today. Maybe, you know, you could start by picking up a book about, you know, mm-hmm. just something, yeah, baby steps. And, and like we were talking the other day, um, we opened up about our DNA journey. We got one of the kids tested. And, you know, we are days away from getting our results. And this is something we've been yeah. talking about a lot. Um, how, what, what, what is it that we want? What, how, how, we, how are we doing it? Um, and it goes back to baby yeah. steps, you know. First, first yeah. let's get the, let's get the results. Then let's see if we can even find this donor. Let's see, let's see if we can make contact with him. The initially, since the babies are little, it would be ideal to have a little maybe photo book um, for them mm-hmm. to have, or pictures of the grandparents, um, all the bio family, their stories. Yeah. And you get to also what's fun about it really is you get this, these pieces of information about your child that are so specific, you know, it's like you get, it's like a, a new discovery and you can share that with them with the DNA testing. I know there are some parents out there that think DNA testing is like a violation maybe of your child's, you know, privacy. Um, there are ways to get around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are ways to, to protect your child's privacy on you know, on the oh, sites. absolutely. Absolutely. So we haven't put right. any of his information out there. We took the necessary steps to make sure that his information and our information are also safe, you know, and as we feel comfortable, we will share. Yeah. And I know some parents protect their children's privacy by setting up the account in a different name or using an alias when you publish the name so there's kind of two levels of privacy or protection that you can 
you can choose as a parent to, if you're concerned about that. And absolutely. So in our case, back when Ava was born, um, we noticed that she had, she had um, a smaller ear. Mm-hmm. Later on, fast forward to later on, we found out that she had unilateral hearing loss and mm-hmm. microtia, which means that the outside part of the ear isn't fully developed. Okay. So let's keep fast forwarding to we met one of the siblings, half siblings. And she was showing, the mom was showing us pictures of the website that we have where we can find or connect with more families that use the same donor. And there was a picture of one of the siblings. And this little boy was also missing. His arm wasn't fully developed. Yeah, his arm wasn't fully developed. And it just, it's something that stayed with us, you know? So long story short, we made the connection, like, what are the chances genetics that her ear didn't fully develop and his arm didn't so the point was yeah. we had reasons to so, look for medical just well. one of the many reasons why you should have a lot more access to the donor their information their family because all of this is information that yes. you know we didn't have prior to prior to finding these little siblings it's so true yeah and that is information that really the banks yeah. should know too and and share with families you know so you would that hope is, yeah. for that. Yeah, exactly. And share that with them. You would hope. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you would hope, yeah. but you know, maybe that's not always the mm-hmm. circumstance for whatever reason. So we take it upon ourselves mm-hmm. to make that, you know, no patient information disclosed like HIPAA, but you know, like let people know, hey, there's information out there if you want it because yeah. it's available. That's good. Yeah, that's very good. And did you connect, uh, have you connected at all in the donor sibling registry? Um not that website but we have yeah. found as far as we know all of the siblings that we know of oh, wow. through yeah. the thing we have connected with all of them and then some from australia oh wow oh my goodness yes yeah Yes. So you almost, you didn't even need the donor sibling registry, really. Actually, no, no. And one of the families paid for the website and it was just, it was just her and one more family. Oh yeah. So it's not even, it's what I'm finding is that DNA testing is way more extensive at this point, you know? Yeah, exactly. So fantastic. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share at all? I think we just want to honestly thank you for your time and help us. Um, you know, we're trying to be the best advocates that we can be for our family and what we're learning and being there for the community, you know, um, thank you for being yeah. so open for taking your time to, um, for talking to us, talking to all their families, you oh know, gosh, the criticism you've received in the past, you know, there are, yeah, no, just, just doing, just, Staying there and doing and, and doing so much for the communities, yeah. Oh, I absolutely. And anything I can do, just stay in touch and let me know. And I will, you know, happily provide more information, um, whatever pe- parents are requesting to know absolutely. or learn more about within my, within my realm of knowledge anyway. I can absolutely. Do, or I'll find out who can. And we will do the same. Awesome. Well, I... I I love seeing your pictures on Instagram. If you want to follow these two lovely ladies, it the her Instagram 
Romy's Instagram handle. Do we say handle? That made me sound old. Um, <laughs> name is, is, is R-O-M-I-R-L-92. And um, you can follow there and yeah, just be able to connect with these two lovely, lovely women. So I appreciate your time today. We appreciate your time. We appreciate And we look forward to talking to you soon. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Three Mix Baby podcast. I have a couple announcements before you before you get to go. One is the Three Mix Baby workshop is now open, the first of its kind, and it is open for registration. This is going to be a great opportunity to connect with other recipient parents in a small, intimate setting. We are going to be diving deep for the next, well, not the next four weeks, but for four weeks at a time. And, you know, I'm this type of person who I like to give you a ton of information in one sitting. So if you ever work with me as a therapist, I, I just give you a lot in that hour, a lot of value. So that's how I'm going to approach this workshop. Probably going to give you too much because I can't, that's just my nature. So I, um, this is going to be an incredible value for you because in those you're going to get four Zoom calls, tons of information, exercises, role playing, all kinds of um, scripts that you can have for future reference. And we're going to dive into information that isn't in anything else. It's not out there. It's not in my book. It's not on the podcast. So it's going to be the answers to a lot of the questions you might be asking. So to join that, you're going to go to you can go to Instagram link you know, bio links, you, you can go to my website, janarepnow.com, and you can go to 3mixbaby.com. Lots of different ways to find that workshop. If you just absolutely cannot find it that way, email me at jana at janarepnow.com. And I will meet you back here for the next episode. Thanks for listening. If you would like to follow for more content, you can go to my Instagram and Facebook account, at Jana Repnow LPC or follow Three Makes Baby on Instagram. You can get a copy of my book and the companion workbook to Three Makes Baby on Amazon. If you like this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe. Have a great day.